Hey folks, welcome to the Promised Joseph Webster interview. Uh, we have a pretty wide-ranging conversation uh, coming up for you. Uh, we talked a little bit about his season, how he got to where he is, fishing on the Tennessee River, jersey colors, basically just a whole slew of topics. We had a good time. Uh, I would say you should enjoy it uh, if you enjoy Joseph Webster, uh, which you should. If you don't, that's a bad opinion. Change that. So that's what you got there. Next week, we will see how things shake out during practice, but we'll certainly get you some pre-seminal content at some point in time. Anyhow, thanks for listening, and uh, here is Joseph Webster. Alrighty, and now we are joined by Joseph Webster, uh, sitting at second place in the Angler of the Year standing right now. Uh, Joseph, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Dude, you are crushing it this year. Uh, you finished 20th uh, just like last week at the Bass Open on Toledo Bend, and you've been crushing it on tour this year too. Will you, uh, let's see, 7th at Toho, 17th at Rayburn. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, that's for sure. Well, you know, a, a good start to a year, I think, is is really important. And in the past couple of years, I've kind of, no, I had a good start and just kind of had to fight boy, my way back at the end. But I just think, you know, you get off to a good start and the momentum rolls a little bit and it just maybe we can keep the train on the tracks. Okay, I like it. Um, I want to, before we like dive too deep into this year and like looking immediately ahead, um, I just want to ask you kind of how you ended up doing this because, you know, the last, let's see, you've qualified for the cup. Every year you fish the tour, and you fished it in 2017 as the Living the Dream Pro after you won the TBF National Championship, and then in 2018 you're back on tour and made the cup again. Kind of looks like you're going to make the cup again this year, but it's early. Um, how? Uh, I guess what? Uh, was it just the win in the TBF National Championship that put you on the track of I'm going to be a pro fisherman, or what has uh, happened in the last few years? Well, you know, you know, ever since I've been a kid, I've fished all my life. I've always wanted to fish professional, but, you know, these girls of mine come along and playing sports and all that kind of stuff just kind of put it to the back burner. And, you know, it's just, you know, my, my theory was is I would fish these federations and and just hope that I could make it. And, you know, I, I made the nationals through the federation four times before I won the national up at Table Rock. And then when I done that, and, uh, you know, it put me right into the Forestwood Cup. And uh, that was on Wheeler, finished 10th there. And it just kind of, you know, it just kind of gives you the thought, you know, maybe I can compete. And when it went from there, you know, just got some sponsor help. And when that kind of led me in the right direction, that's just kind of, it's just everything has kind of just fell into place since then. I like it. Has uh, has fishing as a pro been all you thought it was cracked up to be? Because you know you're like you you were a rookie not too long ago, but you're not a spring chicken. I mean, I don't know exactly how old you are, but you're not like twenty or like nineteen, like some of these people who are like just out of college or just out of high school and are like grinding away on it. Well, I, I'm in my early forties, but you know it just. Uh fishing professional it, it, it's a lot harder than what people think i mean you know 
been on the road and it's 41 degrees and raining from daylight to dark and you have no option but to you know go out in it for days on end and sick fight through it and you know it, it it's a lot harder than you know I, I run an insulation business and you know you can uh, get warm or cold or get in a vehicle and get warm and you know survive a day but fishing it, it's people just don't realize it. it's rough on you and it, it's a lot of hard work well it definitely seems like you've been making it work uh lately um in how uh you've been around these guys a lot now and you've been on you know you're you're not a veteran on tour necessarily but you're certainly not a rookie either uh how how good do you think you are or how good do you think you can be because right now sitting in second points like honestly if you wanted me to construct a joseph webster wins aoi argument i i mean look brian thrift's really good so i don't know that i would bet on it but i feel like you could make that argument well you know it's it's just you know you 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 work your butt off and you hope for the best you know but you know the way i look at this is you know my goal this year was to to make the top 10 in anger of the year and uh and make it out my goals was make the top 10 in the year and then make a make at least one cut out of every tournament so you know so far so good and you know that these guys behind me thrift scott martin john cox all those guys you know they know how to close the deal you know maybe i do i'm gonna work my tail off to try to make that happen but you know it's just that there's a fine line, you know, you can, you can survive these tournaments and, you know, I've done it before and, it, and some of my finishes show, you know, a hundred place finish or whatever. But, you know, if you don't go out and fish to win or catch all you can every day, you're going to sell yourself short. And, you know, in years past, you think, well, you know, I'm, I'm in 40th place today. If I can just catch a good limit of finish, I'll cut a check and go home. Everything will be good. And, that that don't work i mean you you've got to fish your tail off and uh just to survive and and cut checks and you cut checks at just good points when did you learn that you had to sort of give it just about everything every day because you know rationing fish and like trying to kind of trying to manage things a little bit like that's somewhat time honored but i understand that you know just doing okay is not necessarily going to cut it on tour you know yeah just okay it will not you'll not survive but you know it's this things that you know the first year i fished you know a lot of my stuff was you know it still is mostly paid for but the first year you know the tbf paid for most of the stuff and you know you're getting your feet wet and you think and i can think of i can't remember which tournament it was but i think it was up on the mississippi river i was on some fish and you know everybody you talk to says you know you catch 13 pounds a day you got to get up 12 and a half you know you'll survive and you'll cut a check and everything will be good well i went down there and caught like 13 pounds come in and you know that that wasn't good enough and you know since then you know way i kind of lay off of fish and stuff is is just kind of try to find an area that maybe i can lay off of that you know that is pretty good and but i don't know how good it is but you know, just maybe visit it after you make the cut, you know, and then you can kind of just well on them at that point. I like it. I like it. Um, I guess the most recent tournament 
is Toho, um, or at least for us. Uh, how did you catch him down there? Because you made, you know, you this was your, uh, I guess it was your first top 10 since Lanier last year, and, you know, now you've kind of stacked up some top 10s at really a wide variety of fisheries when you count Lanier, uh, you know, Wheeler in the Cup, and, you know, then Toho is like just totally different than either of those. So uh, how did you catch him? Well, at Toho, it, it was it was kind of funny. They was uh, the first, I believe the first day of practice, we was down there, and I come idling out of a boat lane, and when I come out of a boat lane, hit the lake there, there was some, uh, I don't know, kind of hay grass or whatever it was there, and, and it looked like fish schooling in that hay grass. And I'm like, you reckon that's bass? Well, I picked up a swim jig, throwed it in the grass, four-and-a-half-pounder right off the bat. So I just kind of left it there and, and really didn't know what was there and schooling fish you can't really count on so the first day i kind of had a 60th takeoff spot somewhere in the 60s there and so i went down to Kissimmee, and i had a pretty good day i think i had 17 pounds or somewhere right around there at Kissimmee. well the next day i had a like a hundred place and i thought you know i'll let some of the people get out of the lock i'll start right there on that spot and just see if there's any fish there and, and uh, i pulled up there and right out and little did i know right out in front of it there was a little shell mound out there shell bar or whatever and uh out of probably 50 casts you would catch 40 and you'd get a bite every cast and it's just throwing a trout and you know they wasn't great big ones but 13 14 pounds before you went through the lot was was really really good and and then I would go down, and I nearly caught a five-pounder one day down there, and then I caught a seven one day after I went to Kissimmee. And, uh, but it, the little schooling hole right there, it, it ended up, that was probably a really like a finding a needle in a haystack. It really pushed through. And, you know, talking about different fisheries and stuff like that, growing up in North Alabama, you know, you have Clearwater as Smith Lake, and then you have the Tennessee River as current ledges. And then you have, you know, around Birmingham, you know, grass fishing, stuff like that. So a lot of that has just played into you just got to be pretty versatile and you're around a lot of lakes and you can just kind of fish a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's uh, that definitely helps being like being versatile and being able to go all sorts of different places and be comfortable, I suppose. Um, is there anything like... Is there anything on tour that you're worried about this year, or any lake that you really haven't been to before? I this year, when the year started, the only lake I've been to uh, out of every one of them on tour is Seminole, and it's probably been 20 years ago. Okay. So, you know, I have survived the two that I was probably the most concerned about. Alrighty, I kind of figured you might have been to Grand before, because I know the TBF has a pretty good relationship with Grand, and it just seemed seems like there's a lot of big tournaments that end up at Grand, and I, I feel like I kind of like your odds at that one. Uh, how do you feel about Seminole coming up? Because obviously, I got to imagine it's going to look quite a bit different than it did 25 years ago. Yeah, you, you know, it, I'm sure it does, but you know everything you read all the research i've done since then the fish are still caught in the same areas you know i mean it's gonna be some type of grass fishing i suppose and that's what i'm gonna treat it as and and you know the fish i'm gonna say is probably pre-spawn trying to spawn and 
you know, I think the weather's going to be a little cooler this coming week. So, you know, it's just going to be, you know, the only good thing about it is, is that we've been on some grass lakes the last two or three or the last two tournaments. So, you know, I'm kind of tuned up to kind of, you know, from traps to speed worms to swim jigs to chatterbaits. So, you know, if it could ever fall out of time, time, it might be. No, it's all good. I think I think it'll all be good if the water down there don't get muddy on us. But you know, if it does, it does. Yeah, that's uh. We'll see what happens when we get there for sure. Um, man, I had a question just off the top of my head. Oh, I know. So you've had success in a lot of tournaments that you or a lot of lakes you haven't been to this year, and I don't think you pre-practice stuff. So what's your, or at least not much. What's your practice strategy when you drop the boat in? Well, I, I, I'm going to tell you what one thing that probably happened both of us a lot is me and Jeremy Lawyer, we share everything. We share everything from areas to baits to we stay together. I mean, we we, we don't just, uh, you know, you go here, check this or that. We, we kind of take the lake and fish it in areas. That way, you know, if you get in an area and he's catching them on something and I kind of can watch what he's doing or he can watch what I'm doing. And, you know, having a, a partner that you can trust 100 percent is uh I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna lead to good things for both of us yeah i think it's gotta it's got to i mean jeremy lawyer is you know i'm no you're no slouch jeremy lawyer has pretty incredible resume as you are i'm sure aware of so like with those two minds going to work on a place that's got to be awesome did you do that last year too or is this a whole new, is this a new thing for for this year this season well, last year we we semi did kind of work together, tried to, but you know this year we stay together and and room together and all that. And I mean we, I mean we sit there in the evenings and talk about you know, and uh, we get I give you a kind of a for instance at uh, Rayburn when we was there, he he caught a couple of fish the day before and it was tough. I didn't catch a bass first day of practice, and you know he said you know uh, spinnerbait thing right here is working pretty good, you know and I said, well, I, I went in this area out here and caught a couple big stripes. There was bait everywhere. Let's go back in here. Let's go in there, me and you, and just see if we can figure out there's too much bait, too much going on in there. And believe it or not, that's where I caught every fish that, uh, but one I weighed in in that tournament was in that creek that we went back in and figured out together right there. Alrighty, I know so, Jeremy yeah. Lawyer's doing good in points right now. Uh, I'm sure not mm-hmm. not as good as you are, uh, but has he? Uh, I guess has how has he done in comparison? Like, are you just out catching him with the info, or what's going on here? All right, well, uh, he, man, he, you he's guys are real tenth close. The, <laughs> he, he's tenth in the points, and uh, he finished like twelfth or thirteenth at Rayburn, and then I think he finished thirtieth at. Uh, Toho, so he made both cuts at both of them too. Yeah. But he could have used uh, he could have used an eight pounder on day three at Toho. That would have helped. Yeah, and you know, I mean, him was in the same area right there, and uh, it just uh, I think he had the bites, and it just didn't work out. But you know, somebody like him on your side, been real successful, real honest, man. Things things are going to be good. Yeah, that's that's key. I think is having that degree of honesty that you can trust, because then. You can talk with as many people as you want, but if you talk with guys and you end up, you know, spending an hour on a wild goose chase that really they shouldn't have told you to go do and that you shouldn't have gone to try, 
like that doesn't help you at all. You know, that's that's a negative. Even if they said three other things that made sense and were interesting, you know. So I I think you're right. Yeah. It's key. To, I mean, and it's key to really trust who you're talking with. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've been there before. I mean, everybody has. You know, you pull up. Man, I'm catching them on this, and you know, a whole lot of it's confidence, and and you know, just really, you know, how quick you're reeling it, what how you're working it, what you're doing, you know, and and when you can really trust somebody and say, hey, come over here, let me show you, you know, and and really settle down and be really honest and you know a lot of friendships and everything in this fishing world it gets broke because somebody's doing a little bit better than the other one and you know i'm minding his it, it's all good i mean we, 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 we're gonna work this thing out and it's gonna it's gonna be a long-term deal i uh i like it have you have you guys obviously you found yourself fishing some of the same areas um are you at all I don't want to say, are you worried, but like, what's going to happen if say you're catching them offshore at Chickamauga and you guys want to be on the same waypoint at the same time? Is that just a, you work it out when you get there? Have you thought about that? Do you not try and share areas that specifically? Cause you know, I, I, right now I haven't, I don't see any big issues if that makes sense. I'm not trying no, to ruin man. things for you either. I'm, I might be no, going too far no. here. <laughs> No, me, me and him are good, you know, but, but you know, some of the areas that, that so far that has worked out really good, it's kind of big areas that we both can go and settle in, and there's enough fish for both of us, and uh, it, it's worked out real good, and, you know, Chick, I mean, you know, some of that stuff like that, you know, I don't know, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but, you know, I, me and him are, I think we're all good, it's just, uh, we just want to, you know, me and him talk about it every time. You know, we cut a check every time. And, you know, if you cut a check every tournament, you're going to make you a minimum of $80,000. And $80,000 is a, is a pretty good lick for a year. Yeah, that'll that'll do the trick right there for sure. And Yeah, so I think we, that, we can survive. I think between you and him and, you know, you're pretty quality individuals, I'd say. I think that you've got the foundation, too, if you run into a Something like I mentioned that chick, I think you should be all set. Um, is what yeah, I would say. Yeah, we, we we can work that out. I can tell you that. So, I mean, and and you know, they, there's a lot of guys losing friendship over this fishing, and you know, it's just, you know, it's just not worth all that. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. Um, I'm trying to look up uh, real quick how you did at uh, how you've done when we've gone up north uh, before. Because I know the Mississippi is kind of up north, but it also kind of doesn't count. Um, but uh, St. Clair, you finished 77th, which is not bad, but not a check. How do you feel about Champlain to finish the season? Well, I'm going to go up there and put some time in because we got a pretty good break right there. and You know, let me just tell you, you are going to enjoy it. some of the best fishing of your life when you go up there and put some time in in May and June on Champlain. It's going to be a well, blast. I hope so. <laughs> I hope it is. You know, the thing about it is, I went up to St. Clair before my cutoff, like the two weeks before, and it really messed me up for about a day, though, because when I went, the fish, I think, was more on the spawn, because you could catch them kind of, you know, on a biffle head or wobble head, something like that, and they was kind of shallow in seven or eight, ten foot of water, 
And I chased that for about a day when we went up there to St. Clair before we figured it out out deep. And, you know, I was in the areas that uh, half the field that cut a check was. I just didn't get the big bites. And so, you know, I'm just going to put some time in because, you know, I mean, you know, if you, if you do the numbers on the making the Forestwood Cup, you know, 930 to 950, make the Forestwood Cup nearly every year. And, you know, two tournaments in and got, you know, neighborhood of nearly 400 points, you know, the, the odds are, you know, just, uh, I've just got to keep the momentum rolling right now and, and the cup should be in good shape. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you've had some, I mean, you've had some good, you've had a good cup, one really good cup finish at your home pond. Uh, do you like fishing, that time of year in the summer because it seems like something you're pretty well suited to like i feel like you've i feel like you don't mind to grind a little bit and i feel like that top water and schooling thing and like you're good when it it seems like you're good when it's kind of tough do you feel like uh a cup could line up pretty well for you one of these years i i i was so hoping we was gonna go back to watch it all because man tough fishing suits me better because you know I have grown up like on Wheeler and stuff like that. And, you know, you're not going to catch big weights. You've, you know, you've just got to go through fish to get there. And, you know, some of these big weight tournaments, I kind of fall behind on. I don't know why, but I do. But seem like these tougher tournaments like a Rayburn, you know, stuff like that, fish wasn't just eating it up at first and stuff like that. When you kind of just got to put your head down and cover a bunch of water, that's kind of where I feel like I do my best. Okay, that's I like it. Um, I want to talk like current events right now, uh, because if you look at the Tennessee River, it, a lot of the lakes are flooding. Uh, they are all moving really fast, uh, and I figure you've got some expertise on that. And yesterday I went fishing and I got no bites. So, what should I have done? Like, what we've got a college fishing event on Gunnersville uh, on Friday. You know, what's a like? when you've got this kind of water level and this kind of flow and the water's still kind of cold, what's uh what's your prescription from a, you know, local expert standpoint? Well, if, if I was on Gunners for or on Pickwick or anything like that, you know, if a lot of the big fish, in my opinion, does not leave the river. I mean, they spawn on the river. They do not go shallow. They don't go in the pockets. And, uh, you know, a lot of the big fish stay on the river. I would be fishing some kind of current break on that river if it was from, a, you know, an island or, you know, just a rock pile, not so much just right on the river, but maybe in a flat right off the river. Or, you know, there, there's the other option is go back into some of these bays that are really protected and just trying to catch resident fish. But, you know, if, if I was at Gunnersville right now, I would be fishing something on a current break from a, you know throwing a dt6 to a you know something in there big spinner bait just where the current is getting broke okay just because you're you're saying those fish no matter how hard it's flowing they're not moving that far they're somewhere around there and you just have to find the right kind of spot yeah and when you find that kind of spot it is i mean it'll be just cast after cast i mean because, you know, a lot of times when pigweed floods, you know, it'll be at the end of a bluff or, 
you know, just where a little creek turns in and, you know, it's just kind of where that eddy is. And, and when you find them eddies and it's just like a group of fish and, and they'll nearly always be the same size when they move in there. I mean, somebody pull up and catch 20 or 25 pounds and it just don't take, but just a minute. That's pretty cool. When the, uh, like when the, when these lakes rise like this time of year and we kind of saw it at Rayburn, but do you like to try to go to the bank and to try to go into the flooded cover or would you much like, do you figure it's almost always smarter to not dive right into that when you still got cool conditions? Well, I, my, my theory is, you know, from, from Rayburn to Pickwick, even to, you know, this past week or whatever, Toledo Bend, uh, you know, a lot of these fish, when it floods like this and it floods in a hurry they kind of just stay put until you know the water warms or something like that now some largemouth will head right on in right with it but seems like the cooler water it just kind of keeps the fish right where there's at no matter what what the water level does and i just kind of like to i just that's kind of where i spend my time you know i just don't i think the groups of fish don't just head to the bank until the water warms up all righty well i appreciate the advice for sure it's something i always need especially on the tennessee river because this place i mean living down here for a while has been it's been really good like i've learned a lot about bass fishing and i've gotten a lot better at certain things but it still challenges me more than any other place i've ever fished i can i can feel so stupid out there because i know somewhere anytime i put the boat in on kentucky lake somebody's catching 20 pounds you know what i mean well, used to anyway. Well, yeah. Now it's like they're catching three fish, and like yeah. seeing a lot of carp. <laughs> yeah. uh, which, in I, case I you're wonder, wondering, I, I wonder how that's going up there. Are they working on those things? Uh, they are. They've been catching a lot of them. Um, we've been kicking around doing an update on it because I and I, we probably will soon because we need to. I need to be able to say with more accuracy exactly what's going on, but I don't know if you would notice fewer carp if you went out there but from what i understand they're catching a lot more of them so a lot more being taken out of the lakes and you know hopefully they can keep catching a lot more of them um yeah that's the truth yeah because it certainly it seems like i don't know if they're entirely responsible for the fishing being bad but it certainly i don't think it would hurt to uh have fewer carp Uh, i tell you what it's it's funny how you know, when we went to Kentucky late last year, that's I'm not, but three and a half, four hours away, and that's the first time I had ever been on it. But you know, you, all you've ever heard was how good it was, how good it was, how good it was, and you know, it's just like it has fell off, just like the snap of the finger, you know. But you know, I don't know how much, you know, I'm sure the carp, like you said, has something to do with it. But the lake's got to be, you know, spiraling downhill a little bit, and that. Maybe they get the carp under control and get stocked back up and, you know, four or five years, maybe it'll be something good again. Yeah, I think there's a chance, there's a, actually a decent chance, because it's interesting, there's uh, there's a few things I noticed. One, there's not nearly as many threadfin as there was, uh-huh. like, three years ago. And there's also, like, a missing age class, because you can still go catch, like, a six-pounder or a five-pounder. But you're almost more likely to catch, like, a four than you are to catch a two. But there's a whole lot of, like, uh-huh. you know, let's say six to ten inches. Like, in the summertime, if you rolled up to, like, a little point or something and threw around a Ned rig, 
you could catch fish until like the cows came home if you wanted to. They just weren't any yeah. of them big. So there's if, if those little ones can grow up, and maybe they can't if the thread fin aren't there or if the carp are changing the food chain some. But if they grow up, I think there's a lot of potential because obviously, I mean, you look at the history of this lake and it's been incredible for a lot of years, you know. I mean, it's got the potential there because it has grown fish, big schools of fish for years and years. And, I mean, it'll turn around. It's got to, you know. And, you know, the carp, I think, has just interfered. And, yeah, it's probably messed it up some. But, you know, these lakes do this turnover everywhere you go. You know, wonderful. they claimed on it two or three years ago. And you watch what these college kids catch this week right here. They'll, they'll slaughter. Yeah, Gunnersville, it seems like. I went fishing there in like around around New Year's and really all fall. I mean, I know we had the Coastal Championship there and it was a little bit tough, but it still took a big weight to win. And it seems to me that that lake is turning around in a hurry and is, you know, you might say it's back if it ever really went yeah. away. <laughs> the, 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 the only thing that hurts it is this lots of current they're running. It, it really affects the grass. And, you know, we, Last year on pick week, we didn't have a lot of grass. And after, you know, them ginning current now for about two weeks up there as hard as they are, pick week will probably not have a sprig of grass come next year. And, you know, but Gunnersville has so much, you know, it, it, it'll probably survive. But anywhere you have, you know, good hydrilla and stuff like that, you're going to have a good fishery. And, you know, if Kentucky Lake would ever get some of that back, it would be, it would be good. You know, I pray every night that Kentucky Lake will get grass in it because, let me yeah. tell you, I experienced that for about, I guess, two years when I first got down here, and uh-huh. it's, uh, Kentucky Lake with grass is an excellent thing. I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, it just gives fish places to hide from, you know, after the spawn to surviving, and, you know, any lake, I mean, homeowners hate it, but, you know, fish love it. I mean, if you're a fisherman, you got a grass lake. You got one of the best fishing holes in the country, guarantee you. I hear you. All right. Well, I think my last question, and this is a really hard-hitting one, uh, but last year you had one of my favorite jerseys on tour. You had kind of uh, like a camo red and gray and uh, white kind of pattern, maybe a little blue mixed in there. I loved it. You couldn't really read any of your sponsors on it, to be honest, but it looked phenomenal. Why did you change? Uh Because now you just have a jersey that, you know, it just looks normal. Well, uh, my wife handles all that stuff for me. I don't really have to do none of that. But, you know, the only reason we changed it, we loved that pattern last year. But I just felt like I wouldn't give my sponsors their money's worth because it all blended in, to be honest with you. So we went with a little bit darker jersey to give them a little bit more spotlight. You know, that's. If it wasn't for them, I, I couldn't survive. All right. Well, I understand it, and I think that's probably a good call, uh, short and long term. But, man, I liked how that one looked. So if you ever you know, want to do like a throwback day or something like that, I'm yeah, here for it. I'll that would be just good. Let me, you know, I know like sports teams, they'll sometimes wear old jerseys and stuff like that. If you, yeah. I, I, I could see it because uh, that one's yeah. a classic in my mind. i tell you what, I like some colors. You know, a lot of guys on there, you know, they – uh. You know, kind of want a dull finish on their boat just to, 
you know, not stand out. But, you know, I'm in business for myself. And, you know, if somebody pays you good money and wants their name on something, you, you, you want to give them what they pay for. For sure. What, uh, so like when you, you say you like some color, when you order a boat or if you were going to have a boat without a wrap, what color boat would you get? Like, do you have a I, specific one you like or? No, I tell you what I do. I just, I, I kind of just, uh, you know, what feel whatever the market is. Cause I want to turn one over every year. And, you know, I, I like the reds or I like a, the, like the black and silver. That's kind of the, the two I pick every year and don't have no trouble selling them. Yeah, no, those seem like pretty uh, tried-and-true colors, I would say. Yep, so it works out pretty good. All right. Well, Joseph, it's been a pleasure talking with you, as always. Um, where can folks go for more Joseph Webster in their life? Uh, they can just go to uh, Joseph Webster Fish, and then uh, that can be on my, I got a website, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, any of that. It, they can, it'll push you right to anything you need to see and, you know, all the help I can get more the merrier all right i know you've got some recaps from uh toledo bend up now and you know i'm sure uh, next week at seminole we'll have uh you know a lot of like six and eight pounders and stuff like that going on too is what well. my yeah, hope maybe, maybe it'll be a, maybe it'll be a trophy in my hand would be would be great oh man i like it well if you uh if you yep. want to hold up a big trophy next week that'd be all right by me too yeah it sure would man. and I'm, I appreciate sure, it. I'm sure kyle would be over the moon to get to do that day five that would be yeah. that's basically one of his dream scenarios i think yeah that would be good all righty well so, uh, joseph hi, buddy. thanks for coming on and uh we'll see you in georgia here in not too long hi buddy thank you